Welcome back to the Hemingway List Podcast for Book 3, Chapter 12. Will Tony ever see Morton again? And is this the first time we've heard of Thomas being sent away? Guanaro says, oh, what a sad chapter. I could feel the doom and gloom and despair in the air with the contrast between when Tom dropped Tony off and when he picked her up again. It seems like nobody is happy right now, except maybe that creep Grundlich. I'm glad that no matter what happens, at least Tony will have this happy memory of her summer for the rest of her lives. Star 415 says, Mate, you made me even more sad about her future, living all your life looking back at one, back at one memory. Yeah, I know. Someone said it earlier on. I think it might have been Techrific. You know, that these these beach days feel like it's going to be reflected back on those kind of, you know, those heady days of summer as your first kind of adult summer as you're growing up. You know, those coming of age years and you look back on them and uh, it felt like that as it was happening. Swim, said the mama fishy, says, the exchange below had me smiling. Oh, Tom, saying goodbye to your parents and sisters and brothers that's nothing right he said drawing out the word somewhat that was all the discussion we had for chapter 12 not a whole lot to talk about i guess i'll read you chapter 13 now and then i'll go back and watch the rest of the final for the australian open nadal versus medvedev it's a good match so far um Anyway, you don't care. I don't want. I'm not going to start talking about tennis again. Oh yeah, and I went to that theme park today. Went down a whole bunch of roller, uh, roller, roller slides, water slides. Uh, it was great. I also did some. Went on the go karts, and um, ate a chicken burger. So had a good day. Hope you had a good day too. Chapter thirteen goes like this. Then came the ferry and Israeldorf Avenue, Jerusalem Hill, and Castle Field. The wagon passed the castle gate with the walls of the prison rising on the right and rolled along Castle Street and over the, go- the Coburg. Tony looked at the grey gables, the oil lamps hung across the streets, Holy Ghost Hospital with the already almost bare lindens in front of it. Oh, how everything was exactly as it had been. It had been standing here in immovable dignity while she had thought it of it as a dream worthy only to be forgotten. These grey gables were the old, the accustomed, the traditional to which she was returning in the midst of which she must live. She wept no more, she looked about curiously, the pain of parting was almost dulled at the sight of these well-known streets and faces. At that moment the wagon was rolling through Broad Street, the porter Matheson passed and looked and took off his stovepipe hat so obsequiously that it seemed he must be thinking, bow, you dog of a porter, you can't bow low enough. The equipage turned into the Mengstrace, and the fat brown horses stood snorting and stamping before the Buttonbrook door. Tom was very attentive in helping his sister out, while Anton and Lean hastened up to unfasten the trunk, but they had to wait before they could enter the house. Three great lorries were being driven through, one close behind another piled high with full corn sacks 
with the firm name written on them in big black letters. They jolted along over the great boards and down the shallow steps to the cart yard, cart yard with a heavy rumbling noise. Part of the corn was evidently to be unloaded at the back of the house and the rest taken to the walrus, the lion or the oak. The console came out of the office with his pen behind his ear as the brother and sister reached the entry and stretched out his arms to his daughter. Welcome home, my dear Tony. She kissed him, looked at his little shame, looking a little shamefaced, her eyes still red with weeping. But he was very tactful. He made no illusions. He only said, it is late, but we waited with the second breakfast. The Frau Consul, Christian, Clothilda, Clara and Ida Jungmann stood above on the landing to greet her. Tony slept soundly and well the first night in Mengstrass. She rose the next morning, the 22nd of September, refreshed and calmed, and went down into the breakfast room. It was quite, still quite early, hardly seven o'clock. Only Mamselle Jungmann was there, making the morning coffee. Well, well, Tony, my little child, she said, looking round with her small blinking brown eyes. Up so early? Tony sat down at the open desk, clasped her hands behind her head and looked for a while at the pavement of the court, gleaming black with wet and at the damp yellow garden. Then she began to rummage curiously among the visiting cards and letters on the desk, Close by the inkstand lay the well-known large copybook with the stamped cover, gilt edges and leaves of various qualities and colours it must have been used the evening before, and it was strange that Papa had not put it back in his leather portfolio and laid it in its special drawer. She took it and turned over the pages, read, began to read, and became absorbed when Sorry, what she read were mostly simple facts well known to her, but each successive writer had followed his predecessor in a stately but simple chronicle style which was no bad mirror of the family attitude, its modest but honourable self-respect and its reverence for tradition and history. The book was not new to Tony. She had sometimes been allowed to read it, but its contents had never made the impression upon her that they did this morning. She was thrilled by the reverent particularity with which the simplest facts pertinent to the family were here treated. She propped herself on her elbows and read with growing absorption, seriousness and pride. No point in her own tiny past was lacking. Her birth, her childish illness, her first school, her boarding school days at Mademoiselle Reachbrot's, her confirmation, everything was carefully entered with an almost reverent observation of facts in the console's small flowing business hand. For was not the least of them the will work of God, will and work of God, who wonderfully guided the destinies of the family. What she mused, uh, sorry, what she mused, would there be entered here in the future after her name, which she had received from her grandmother Antoinette? All that was yet to be written there would be what sorry (laughs) all that was yet to be written there would be conned by later members of the family with a piety equal to her own she leaned back sighing her heart beat solemnly she was filled with reverence for herself the familiar feeling of personal importance possessed her heightened by all she had been reading she felt thrilled and shuddery 
Like a link in a chain, Papa had written. Yes, yes, she was important, precisely as a link in his chain. Such was her significance and her responsibility, such her task to share by deed and word in the history of her family. She turned back to the end of the great volume, where on a rough folio page was entered the genealogy of the whole Buttonbrook family, with parentheses and rubrics indicated in the consul's hand, and all the dates set down from the marriage of the earliest scion of the family with Brigitta Schruen, the pastor's daughter, down to the wedding of Consul Johann Buddenbrook with Elizabeth Kroger in 1825. From this marriage, it said, four children had resulted, whereupon these were all entered, with the days and years of their birth and their by their baptismal names, one after another. Under that of the eldest son, it was recorded that he had entered as a pre- as apprentice in his father's business in the Easter of 1812. Tony looked a long time at her name and at the back and at the blank space next to it. Then suddenly, with a jerk, with a nervous, feverish accompaniment of sobering breaths and quick-moving lips, she clutched the pen, plunged it rather than dipped it into the ink, and wrote with her forefinger crooked, her hot head bent far over her shoulder, in her awkward handwriting that climbed up the page from left to right, betrothed on September 22, 1845, to her, Bendricks Grunlich, merchant of Hamburg. Damn. Alright, there's that chapter. Apparently she is now betrothed to Grunlich. Just like that. No, surely not. Have your say about it on the subreddit, and I'll see you tomorrow.